Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. You know this message that you're about to hear. I pray that it not only inspires you, but encourages you to follow Jesus even more. In fact, there are probably people in your life who need to hear this timely word. Chances are you're thinking about them right now. Share this message with them. And listen, if you're watching on YouTube, let me encourage you to hit subscribe, stay tapped in. You know, I also wanna take the time to thank all those who support us. We wouldn't have any ministry outside these four walls if it weren't for our friends who come alongside us in prayer and supporting us financially. You know, there are thousands, there are thousands who are benefited by this ministry because of your giving, and we thank you. To continue or to even start supporting our mission to help others and their families follow Jesus, you can give by visiting cfmiami.org slash give. We also wanted to update you on something important. Recently, our on-demand services will be available starting Sunday evenings. To catch the entire service, be sure that you're logging onto our live streams when we begin services Sunday morning at 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Otherwise, you'll be catching the service midway through. Enjoy this sermon. And I love that we sang that song because the song says, and I will build my life, not on the things of this world, not on how much money I make, on my success, on the pleasures of this world, but I will build my life on the firm foundation that is Christ. Can you praise God in all campuses today? Amen. Hey, so good to see you today. Well, welcome everybody. My name is Omar, and I have the honor and the privilege of serving as a lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship. Uh, and if you're joining us today for the first time at one of our local campuses, or perhaps online, Thank you so much for joining us today as we study God's Word together. Today we're actually starting a brand new series called The Lord Will, and it's a study through the following chapters in the book of Exodus, where we're going to see how the people of Israel, as they started their journey towards the promised land, God promised certain things to them. And today we're going to see how God promised that He will always lead us. And so, man, I'm ready and excited into God's Word, to dive into God's Word. And so, if you're in your Bibles, let's turn to Exodus chapter 13. If you don't remain standing for the reading of God's Word. And wherever you find yourself, you can follow along with me as I read, all right? Listen to, to what God's Word says. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to what, church family? Lead. To lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. And the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not, what church family? Yeah, did not depart from before the people. In other words, there was never a moment in their journey where God was not leading them and guiding them. That is God's word. You can go and take a seat everybody on all campuses. And so family, let me start off by sharing this with you. You know, a few weeks ago, I had shared with you all that Ashley and I took a trip to California uh, earlier this year. And while we were there, uh, we took a hot air balloon ride. Y'all remember that right story, right? And I also shared with you how in that ride, I was very fearful because when I got up to the sky and 5,000 feet in the air, I realized there was no restraint, so fear started to fill my heart. But folks, what I didn't share with you that I also became very, very anxious. And here's why. It's because as we were going up, I was under the assumption that the hot air balloon pilot 
could lead us and guide us to where we wanted to go, where he wanted to take us. But folks, listen, in my mind, I thought, you know, maybe there's some pulley system, something that he can do in the air, right, to lead us to where he wanted us to go. But folks, to my surprise, once we were up in the air, he casually mentioned, yeah, I really have no control of where this balloon is going. Yeah, I really cannot lead us to where I want us to go. I can only control going up or going down, but the reality is that we are at the mercy of the winds. And folks, the wind could take you anywhere. So for example, on that day, the balloon that was right in front of us, I remember they had like the perfect journey. You know, everything was just perfect, and they went and they landed in this open field, and it was a beautiful, smooth ride. For us, it was a little different. Yeah, the winds took us off course, and as you recall, we, land, we were over a, a neighborhood, and eventually, when we we're looking down, we had to land in the middle of that neighborhood, which that was a whole ordeal, but everything was fine. Yeah. Now, on that same day, there was a balloon before us, behind us, that when all the winds took, it, took, took us south as they should, one balloon got taken northward and folks, up, in, up to 15,000 feet in the air. In fact, let me just show you a picture. You see this right here? Yeah, this is where they're supposed to be. That's where that balloon went, yeah. And then our pilot casually tells us, oh yeah, you know, last week, the winds actually took us to the top of that mountain range and we had to make an emergency landing on top of that mountain range and rescue had to come get everyone on board. <laughs> yeah. I know they're shattering the, 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 the possibility of some of you taking the, one of these hot air balloons, right, right? I'm bankrupting that whole industry with these sermons, right? But folks, here's the thing, don't miss this. Because when I realized that our pilot had no way to lead us or to guide us where he wanted us to go, and we were at the mercy of the winds, folks, anxiousness started to fill my heart. And family, let me just bring that over to our time together because what an example of how so many of us feel in our Christian journey. And by that I mean that just like I felt anxious on that hot air balloon journey, right? When I realized that we were at the mercy of the winds, just like that, and here's the main idea as we open up God's word. There's many of us today that have come to worship God, but the truth of the matter is that you are anxious about the direction of your life. For some of us, maybe we're anxious about the direction of our marriage, You've been years into the marriage and, and, and it just keeps drifting the wrong way. Some of us are anxious about the direction of our children, especially as they get older in teenage years and as they get older in life. Some of us are anxious about our financial future. Some of us are, are anxious about the direction uh, of a relationship in our life, of our family life, or maybe your career the direction of your business, the direction of your practice, whatever the case may be. And some of us are anxious about the direction of your health or the health of a loved one. And in many ways, you feel like you are at the mercy of the winds of this world. 
And your concern is that the winds of this world are gonna lead you to a place that you do not wanna go. And somewhere along the way, you've started to, to see God the way that I saw that hot air balloon pilot. That even though he was there with us on that journey, he had no way to lead us to the place that he wanted us to go. But church family, let me remind you, listen carefully. Our God is not like the hot air balloon pilot, amen? Listen, he is a God who promises to lead us and to guide us exactly to where he wants us to go. Can I get an amen to that? And so you may be sitting here wondering, Omar, where do we see in God's word where God leads his people and how does God lead me today? Because I feel like I'm here and I want to know from God, I want him to lead me in my life. Well, folks, we're going to find out today from Exodus chapter 12, all right? So if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Exodus chapter 12. And today I have two important thoughts for us as, uh, as to how God leads his people. Christ Fellowship, are you ready to go to dive into God's word? Yeah. So write this down as point number one at all of our campuses. And that is that God promised to lead Israel in their journey to the promised land. Now folks, listen to what God's word says. It says, then he, speaking of Pharaoh, then he summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said, up, go out from among my people, both you and the people of Israel, and go serve the Lord, as you have said. So take your flocks and your herds, as you have said, and be gone and bless me also. And the Egyptians were urgent with the people to send them out of the land in haste, for they said, we shall all be dead if they don't leave. And so the people of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Succoth, about 600,000 men on foot, besides women and children, a mixed multitude also went up with them, and very much livestock, both flocks and herds. Now stop right there and slip into the scene for just a moment. Because last week we learned how God brought that final judgment on the land of Israel, and the firstborn of everyone who lived in Egypt died, and at that point, it moved Pharaoh to eventually let the people of Israel go. And folks, as we just read, there were about 600,000 men without counting women and children. So there's an estimated 2.5 million to 3 million me uh, people who were leaving the land of Egypt. And so a tremendous multitude was leaving that region but folks, as we start this series and as we start the people of Israel, start this journey, folks, I want to help you understand that the journey of the people of Israel in the book of Exodus in many ways, in many ways foreshadows or is a picture of our Christian journey. In fact, let me just give you a quick visual so you see all the connections. So for example, we have the land of Egypt where the people of God were enslaved, physically enslaved. And then we see in our own life, right, our life before Christ, Scripture says that we were enslaved to sin. Then we have the one who oversees that dark empire, right, which was Pharaoh. And then we also see in God's word that Satan is a ruler of this world, right? So there's an the imagery there. Then you have the moment where the people of Israel were set free in that exodus, and just like us, the Bible says that when we come to know Christ as Savior, right, we are set free from sin and we start the journey with the Lord. 
Then we see that the first thing that the people did right after they were set free from Egypt was that they went through the Red Sea, right? And folks, in the same way for us in our Christian life, when we, the first step of obedience, after we're set free from sin and we start a relationship with God, is to be baptized underwater. Then you see that the wilderness years, after they, they started this journey, it lasted many years. Our journey with the Lord through this life lasts many years. And then, last but not least, their uh, end destination was the promised land, right? In the land of Israel. For us, our promise, uh, our end destination is what? The promised heaven. And so you see this, there's connections, there's a similarities as to all of our stories. And so in this series, we're gonna be learning how the Lord promised in this new journey to be with the people. And folks, here's the first thing that we're gonna learn from this passage. Write this down as letter A. And that is that God started their journey at his perfect timing. Now listen to what God's word says. Now the time that the people of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 years. And at the end of those 430 years, notice what it says, on that very day, all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. Now, now here's what I love. It says that at the end of those 430 years, on that very day, on that exact day, God freed the people of Israel. And folks, this is why this is so significant. In fact, travel back with me to Genesis chapter 15, because there was a moment in time where God makes a very odd promise to Abraham about his descendants. In fact, listen to what it says in Genesis chapter 15. It says, And the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs and will be servants there. And they will be afflicted for how long, church family? Come on, all campus. What, how many? Yeah, at 400 years. But I will bring judgment on that nation that they serve and afterwards, they shall come out with great possessions. And so when you look at this passage, you see that promise that was made to Abraham. You notice that there's, there's a difference here, right? To Abraham, he says 400 years, but then in Exodus, it says 430 years. So where's, what's the difference here? Well, you see the clock for them being delivered did not start at this moment in Genesis 15, but rather it started back on the day that God called Abraham out of Haran, that foreign nation, into the land of Israel. So they were 30 years in, then God makes his promise, and then 400 years later, to the very day, that is when God Almighty set the people of Israel free. Men, aren't you in awe of our great God? And folks, listen, God had already determined the specific day that he was gonna set them physically free. And folks, listen, on, in the same way, God has ordained the day, the specific day that he was gonna call you to himself and set you free from your sin. You see, the day that you came to know Christ as Savior was not just some random day. What's just some, 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 some uh, you know, a coincidence that it happened? No, no, listen carefully. 
God's word tells us that even before the foundation of the world, God had already ordained the specific day that he was gonna call you to himself, make you his, and set you free from your sin. Which means that as you live your life, sure, we can learn about our past, absolutely. We can learn about our experiences, but you should never live in regret saying, oh, I wish I would have come to know Christ when I was a teenager, or all these different things. So listen carefully. The day that God called you to himself was the day that he ordained for you, and that was the day that he designed for your beautiful testimony. All right? Can, we, can, can I get an amen to that? Amen? But folks, not only did he set them free at his perfect timing, also write this down, letter B, God led them through the best way, not the easiest way. Now listen to what it says next. So when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, let the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness towards the Red Sea, and the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Now, folks, let me just show you a visual of what this is talking about. So as you can see, the easiest way, if we can, yeah, the easiest way to go from Egypt all the way to the land of Israel is obviously hugging the coast, right, right hugging the Mediterranean Sea, and just heading towards the land of Israel. Very quick, very simple. However, the issue is that the Philistine people were already living there, and God knew that if the people of Israel encountered the Philistines at that juncture in their journey with him, it would not have been the best for them. They would have wanted to go back to Egypt. And so God did not lead them in the easiest way, but rather, here's what he did. He led them the best way. So he took them all the way down, all this down sinus right here, all the way down and up, and then they would enter the land of Israel from the east. And folks, listen carefully. Here's what I love. God knew what was the best way for them because it was through the other journey, the best way, that they were going to learn how to depend on the Lord, how to trust the Lord, how to depend on him for their provisions, for their sustenance, how to be led by God. And they would grow mature in the relationship with God as a nation. And folks, in the same way, listen carefully, you know where I'm going with this. Sometimes we think, man, I wish God would take me in an easier route in my Christian life. You know, sometimes I came to know Christ and things have not been easy. Why could God just not lead me in the easier way? I wish God could do this so much. Everything could be so much easier. Listen, child of God, God knows what is the best way for you. Because what you think is easiest way will not be what's best for you. But it is when he takes you his way that you're going to grow in your maturity, in your learning, in your trust in the Lord, and you will become more and more like Christ, not through the easier way, but through the best way. Can I get an amen to that? And then third, write this down, letter C. God led them at every moment of the journey. Now listen to what it says. Next, it says, and the Lord went before them, 
by day in a pillar of what, church? Of cloud to lead them along the way and by night in a pillar of what? Of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. And the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not what? Did not depart from before the people. Now, here's what I love. God could have set free the people of Israel and say, hey, listen, I did my job. I set you free from Pharaoh. I have a land for you. Just make your way, find your way there, and I'll be there waiting for you. He doesn't do that. Instead, he says, listen, I'm going to lead you and guide you and never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you every single step of the way. And folks, for those 40 years, God led the people of Israel with a pillar of fire and a pillar of smoke to know that they were led by God Almighty and they will never be alone. In fact, just so you have a visual, take a look at this quick video. What a sight to see, man. To be, to be there and to see the pillar of fire and the pillar of smoke just move, uh, you know, lead them every step of the way. And folks, this is why this is so important for us to know today. Because listen carefully, child of God, write this down as big number two if you're taking notes. It's because God promised to lead you today in your journey to heaven. In fact, this is why God's word promises us. Listen, he says that I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. And I will counsel you with my eye upon you. You see, just like there was never a moment that God did not lead the people of Israel. Listen, in the same way, listen, God promises you that in your Christian journey, there's never a moment where you're alone that he's leading you every single step of the way and showing you the way to go. And you might be sitting here like, Omar, how does God lead us? Because, listen, I, I need leading in my life. I, I want to know from God. I want to be led by God. You know, I, always, I, I almost w wish that there was two pillars. You know, I wish that we had two pillars in our, in our Christian life where God could lead us. Because, listen, it was easy to be led by God in, by the, in, 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 in the book of Exodus. I wish we, as today, we had two pillars that could lead us in our journey with God. Well, listen, I have great news for us because God has given us two pillars to lead us every single day. You want to know the first one? So write this down, letter A. The first pillar is God's word. It's God's word. In fact, listen to what God's word says. It says, it says, your what? Come on, you could do better than that. Your what? Word. Yeah, your word is a lamp to my feet and a what? Light. And a light to my path. You see, the truth of the matter is when we're going through those hard seasons in life, 
those dark seasons in life, listen carefully, God has given us his word to lead us. In fact, a few years back, I showed you a, little, a visual that, uh, that I think was so uh, on point to what this passage says. And then I want to show you again, just so you have a good visual of how God leads us. You know, the truth of the matter is that some of us here today are going through a very dark, dark moment in your life. Some of us perhaps are going through a dark moment in your marriage. And you're, you're asking God, God, lead us out of this mess. Some of us are in a dark moment with our children, in our family life. Some of us may be in a dark moment with our future financially. Some of us may be in a dark moment when it comes to our, like our family life, like I said, or maybe even our health and so, or the health of a loved one. And so you are in the midst of a dark season in your life and your fear, your concern in the middle of this darkness is that God will not show you where to go and that you're gonna keep walking aimlessly, making mistakes. Why? Because a dark moment and no one's leading you and you cannot see the way. But let me remind you, child of God, what God's word says. It says, his word is a lamp to my feet and a light, yeah, to my path. Amen? And so as we go through those dark moments in life, listen, we need to open God's word, the lamp to our feet, the light to our path to show us where to go. Listen, if you want God to lead in your marriage, stop relying on your own wisdom and open God's word. Amen. You want God to lead you in your family life, in your children, stop relying on what every influencer says on TikTok. Open up God's word. Let him lead you. You want to let God lead you in your finances and in your issues in life? Listen, put your pride aside and open God's word and let him lead you in the way you should go. And listen, when you open up his word in the middle of that darkest moment, he is going to be faithful to show you in the way that you should go. Can we praise God today for that? Amen. And folks, there's a second pillar that leads us. Write this down as letter B. The second pillar is the Holy Spirit of God. In fact, listen to what Jesus told us in John chapter 14. It says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another what? Helper, An another helper to be with you for what? Forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be what? In you. You see, folks, one of the mysteries of the Christian faith, of the Christian life, is that the moment that you give your life to Christ, that like you put your faith in the Lord, God, in a way that we cannot understand, he gives us his very own Holy Spirit. To those who are his children, to those who are his, the Father sends the Spirit of God to live inside of us. 
And folks, one of the roles of his, uh, one of the roles of the Spirit in our life is to lead us in the way that we should go. And he does that in two ways. First of all, write this down as point number one. The Holy Spirit teaches you all truth. In fact, listen to what Jesus said next. It says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will what? He will teach you all things. You see, one of the main roles of the Spirit of God in a believer is to teach us all truth. You know, we need to remember that in our natural state, we cannot comprehend spiritual truth. So the Spirit is actually the one who teaches us and helps us understand all truth, which is why before we start reading God's Word, it is so healthy for you to stop for just a moment in the morning whenever you read, and you say this prayer, say, Lord, I know that by myself, in, in, my, in my natural state, I cannot understand any, any truth, not one word. So Lord, help me, Lord, through your spirit to help me understand and teach me the wonders of your word, right? You know, acknowledge that to God, say, Lord, help me understand. Which also, it means that the Spirit is never going to teach you or lead you or give you peace about something that is not 100% in accordance to God's Word. Amen. He will never do that. He, the, the role of the Spirit is not to teach you new truth. The role of the Spirit is to teach you the truth that's already revealed in God's Word. Which means... So that when I hear people say, well, Omar, you know, the Spirit is giving me peace about dating this person who's not a believer, that I know God's Word doesn't say that I should, or, or when, when I hear somebody who's married say, you know, Omar, it's okay. the Spirit has given me peace to be in this adulterous relationship because my marriage is a little rough at home. Listen, that is not the Spirit of God. That is your flesh. When I hear somebody say, oh God, Omar, I, the Spirit has given me peace not to forgive that person. They don't deserve forgiveness. That is not the Spirit of God. That is your unforgiving, bitter heart. When, God's, when, when I hear somebody say, oh, well, God has given me peace of not honoring the Lord with my money, with what he's given to me. Listen, that is not the Spirit of God. That is your own greed-filled heart that wants to accumulate more and more because you think that that is what sustains you. And so listen carefully. Listen, the Spirit will never give you peace or lead you or teach you something contrary to God's Word. Can I get an amen to that? And folks, the second way that God's Spirit leads us, write this down as small number two, the Holy Spirit reminds you of all truth. In fact, listen to how Jesus continues. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your what, church? To your remembrance all the things I've said to you. So in your daily life, as you're making small decisions and big decisions, when you're faced with situations in your life, listen, at, the, at that moment, 
the role of the Spirit of God is to bring to remembrance the truth he's already taught you so that you know the way that you should go to make the right decision. Which means also that if you are not reading God's word, if you're not learning and growing in your knowledge of God's word, the Spirit of God cannot remind you of truth that you have not learned yet. So listen, you wanna learn, you wanna be guided by God in those moments, first of all, read God's word, know his word, so that at that very moment, the Spirit of God could remind you of those truths and you can go the way he's leading you in his will. And we praise God for that. And so as you're making decisions, as you're being led by God, here are three maybe statements or questions that you can go through the process to be led by God. So the first thing is, when you're facing a dilemma or some issue or some question, the first question that you need to ask yourself is, what does God's word specifically say? So when you look at God's word about that issue, about whatever, what does God's word specifically say to do or not to do? And if it says it clearly, then child of God, do it, amen? amen? Because listen, the vast majority of the decisions in life or the way to live your life are all clearly stated in God's word. And if you look back in your life, the moments in your life that you regret is because somewhere on the line, you did not follow what God specifically said, amen? amen. Now, if for whatever reason, that specific situation or area of your life, it's not mentioned at that moment, then the second question to ask yourself is what do all passages in God's word point to? So as you're reading God's word, right, the whole counsel of God's word, and you're learning more and more who God is, and you're collecting all the passages that deal with the situation, what does God's word point to? And usually the Spirit of God is gonna help you narrow it down. Now, and here, and it makes sense because the more you read God's word and the more you understand who God is, the more you understand God's heart, then you're gonna know how God will respond in a specific circumstance. So for example, with my wife, I know that she doesn't like seafood for the most part, right? So, because I, I know her very well. Now, if somebody asks me a question, hey, does, does Ashley want, like this specific fish? You know, I don't really need to go and call her and ask her to see if she likes it. I already know her heart, I know who she is, and I know she's not gonna like it, right? So what, and the same thing, listen, when you are reading God's word and you're learning the heart of God, listen, sometimes the answers you're looking for are very clear, amen? amen. So you need to let the, God's word and then the spirit of God lead you to the right answer. But I understand also that there's situations where perhaps um, it's not a real, it's not like a sin issue. It's more like, should I take this job or should I go to this place or uh, should I buy this home or, you know, they're not sin issues. They're just kind of like just decisions of life. Well, here's what I would just say. In those moments, ask God to give you peace about a decision through his spirit. You know, there has to be moments when you're looking to make a decision that you say, Lord, I want to honor you in my life. And I want to be led by you. So, Lord, you know in these two choices, Lord, give me peace 
as to in whatever way you can to know that, give me confirmation that this is the way that you want me to go. And so let me, let me give you two quick examples from my own life. First of all, when, I, when the first example is when I was, you know, about 10 years ago or more, when I first, my first home, I was, I was starting to minister up in northern Miami. And I wanted to live close to the place I was going to minister to. So as I was praying to the Lord, Lord, you know, I, I, I need to buy a home. I got to move into this area. Lord, you know that I want to honor you with this decision. So Lord, show me, help me, lead me in this process. And in the middle of that prayer, I felt like God gave me a specific number. I said, okay, Lord, I, I guess that's the number you're giving me. Okay. So then I started looking to homes, and unfortunately, prices even then were getting out of hand. So I was thinking, my goodness, I'm going to have to get into major debt. I'm going to have to go way over. And so anyway, so I started looking at homes, and it was just way too expensive, and I just couldn't afford it. So I said, you know what, I'm so discouraged. I'm going to stop looking for a home. And I just stopped, and I forgot about that number. I forgot about homes. I forgot about everything. And then maybe like half a year later, I was driving by uh, through a street that I never drove before, and I saw a home with a for sale sign. So I called the realtor who actually went to my old church, and then he put me in touch with the, with the seller, and I said, hey, I offered this amount, and the seller said, no, no way, and this amount, and I said, okay, I can't afford that. I can only do this amount, and I thought she was going to say no, but she said, okay, okay, I, I'll agree with that, and then we agreed. And so throughout that whole time, the inspection, I was always really nervous. Is this the right home? Should I be doing this? And I remember driving to the closing, and as I was driving, I was saying, Lord, help me. Is this, is this the home you want me to, to close on, to, to buy? I'm already so deep into this process, and I don't know how it worked, but somewhere along the line, as I was driving, God reminded me of that specific number he told me over a year ago, and what I came to realize is that that was the exact same number that I, that God had, that, that, that I agreed upon with the seller. And so when I saw that connection, I got peace from God. I felt peace, and I went forward, and I was able to purchase the house. Amen. Another quick example, you know, when I first started dating Ashley, I said, Lord, you know, I want to honor you. I want to make the right decision. Lord, lead me in this process. And so when we started dating, I said, Lord, how can I know if, when, when to take that step to propose, you know, if I, if I ever get to that point? And somewhere in my prayer, in my time with the Lord, I felt like God said a year. Okay, a year. So I guess, I said, Lord, if this is not of you, if this is not the person that you want for me, then, then as we date, do something in that year to make, to, so we go different ways. And so we started dating. Things were actually really well. Things were good. We we're having fun. It was, it was a great, great dating time. But towards the end, I had forgotten about that, about that, that one year. And one time, I got to a point that it was already getting, you know, we were already dating for a long time. And the question was coming up, like, hey, are we going to propose at some toy? And so I was talking to another pastor, and he just asked me, so how long have you been dating Ashley? And I said, a year. And folks, the moment that I said the word a year, I had forgotten about that, but God took me back to that moment in time, and that was the moment that I got peace from God to say, you know what, this is the person that God has for me, I propose, and the rest is history, and we got two kids and CF kids right now. <laughs> so the, the, my point is, listen, God works with each child in a different way, but my point is, listen, if you go to God and you say, Lord, I need you to give me peace. Lord, I, I want to honor you, and you do it with the right heart, how can our God, that lead you. 
You know, many of you know I have a little girl, her name is Camila, she's almost five years old. And if Camila would ever come and she would ever say, Daddy, and look up to me and say, Daddy, I, I love you and I wanna honor you. Can you help me? Can you lead me? Can you teach me? Folks, how, even though I'm an imperfect father, how will not not help my, my daughter and show her the way? And folks, if that's me, an imperfect father, how much more our perfect heavenly father, when he sees you, his son, when he sees you, his daughter, go to the Lord and say, Lord, I need, I need guidance. What, what is the way that I need you to, that I should go? How will our good heavenly father not guide you? Listen, do not fear. Go to the Lord, ask him for, to lead you, and he will be faithful to lead you in the way that he wants you to go. Can we praise God today for that? And let me end with this. You know, some of us are here right now, and the reality is that you don't have a relationship with God. And in many ways, you probably feel like you're on an, in a hot air balloon ride, being carried by the winds of this world. And as you look back in your life, you keep making mistake after mistake, uh, issue after issue, crash landing after crash landing, and you're here at a point in your life, you're saying, you know what, I don't know much about God, but I do know that I don't want to do life apart from God anymore. I need God in my life. I'm tired of making so many mistakes. I want God in my life. I want a relationship with God, and I want to be led by God. So the question that you have here today is this, Omar, how, how can I start a relationship with God? Well, simple. The Bible says that whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from their sin. Saved into a relationship with the Lord. You probably wonder, well, Omar, how do you call on God? So simple. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. See, what God's Word tells us is the moment that you come to know Christ and you surrender your life and you say, Lord, I need you, and you put your faith in what Jesus has done for you at the cross and how he's erected to new life. Listen, when you put your faith and trust in the Lord, the Bible says that, first of all, he forgives you of all of your sins. All your mistake, all your shame, all, everything that not a person knows except you. Listen, he knows it already and he forgives you. And then he makes you his own. He brings you close. You become a child of God, a son of God, a daughter of God. And now you start a personal relationship with God. He gives you his spirit. He gives you his word. And now you are being led by God as you move forward. But listen, there has to be a way. There has to be a moment in your life where you put your faith in God. You cannot expect to be led by God if you don't trust God. There has to be a moment you say, Lord, I'm surrendering my life. I need you. So the question that you have to ask yourself today is this. Will I put my trust in Christ today? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, today I come uh, Lord, we come before you, O oh Lord, and for those of us who are believers, we thank you, Lord, 
that as we go through this dark world, Lord, we are not alone. You are guiding us with your truth and you've given us your spirit. Lord, thank you for that beautiful blessing of your word and spirit. And I want to take the time just to talk to those of us here today who you're ready to take a step in your relationship with God. You, you want to give your life to Christ. You need God in your life. Well, listen, I'm going to lead you in a prayer at all of our campuses. Listen, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And when I lead you in this prayer, listen, remember, you don't pray this to me. I'm simply a man. I cannot save you. You pray to the God who loves you and gave his son. And when you pray, understand this, that the words that you're coming out of your mouth, the actual words do not save you. It is the faith behind those words. When you come to Christ in faith, he, that is what saves you, okay? So if that's you, pray this with me. Quietly to yourself. Lord, I don't no longer want to do life without you. And so I come before you, O oh Lord, and I ask you for forgiveness of my sin. Today, Lord, I put my trust in you. And I ask you to save me from my sin. And from here on out, Lord, lead me by your truth, by your word. And lead me by your spirit. Because that's what my heart desires, Lord. Lead me until the day I see you face to face. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. I love you, Lord. It's in the precious name of Jesus I pray, and all of God's people say, amen. Amen.